KYW News Radio and Deborah Heart and Lung Center examine COVID's impact on the lungs and how Deborah's new post-COVID recovery program is helping patients. Here's Rasa K. Dr. Andrew Martin says shortness of breath with exercise is the main complaint he hears at Deborah's new post-COVID recovery program. There's a lot of things that can cause shortness of breath, and a lot of them don't have anything to do with the lungs. And a lot of us who were never infected got out of shape during the pandemic. Dr. Martin has to separate huffing and puffing that's just deconditioning from disease. Particularly this tendency to form blood clots. So if somebody has something that doesn't look right, traditional lung function tests measure mechanics. They measure airflow. They measure how stiff your lungs are, but they can miss blood clots. So if somebody has a reason to look into that, sometimes we have to say, well, maybe you did have a blood clot. Learn more at DeborahHealthReport.com. New Jersey's only heart, lung, and vascular specialty hospital, Deborah Heart and Lung Center. When it's your heart, demand Deborah. So kick back with your bacon and eggs and pour yourself a mimosa while Phillies announcer Greg Murphy and Green Legion Radio's Chris Sack break down your fighting fills and take you around the league right now on Baseball Brunch. Play ball! And good morning, South Philadelphia. We're down here live again, yet again here at 1100 Social. At Xfinity Live, right outside of the ballpark, we expect another huge crowd for today's Philadelphia Phillies action against the New York Yankees, the dreaded evil empire. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Bud Light Baseball Brunch. We're powered by Green Legion Radio, 102.5 Fox Sports, The Gambler, Philadelphia, 104.1 in the Trenton area, WDAS AM around the rest of the Delaware Valley, or just simply download that iHeartRadio app and you can listen to us anywhere crystal clear worldwide. Again, we're here at 1100 Social, Electricity Live, and we are getting you set for Phillies Yankees. I'm Chris Sack, and I am alongside Phillies broadcaster Greg Murphy. What's up, Murph? Good morning, everyone. Oh, yeah, we got a great crowd yes, out here today. Yes. And uh, what you talk about great crowds, what was at the ballpark yesterday? About 30. Well, I'm not going to give the exact no, number. No, no, don't give the yeah, exact Yeah, you know what? Number. I will, and we'll see if anyone's paying attention. 38, 450 out there uh, at Citizens Bank Park yeah, yesterday. They expect the same today. Uh, hey, it. It felt so normal yesterday at the ballpark, and the Phils obviously walk it off with another win and uh, send at least uh, two-thirds of that crowd home happy. There were some Yankee fans in the ballpark who are uh, not as happy, but uh, you know what? To me, I was looking down from the, from the booth and saying, we've got 38,000-plus baseball fans back in a ballpark, and that's really what it was all about. Great game, and uh, you know what? It's exciting. It's exciting to get back to normal, and good to see everybody down here as well at Xfinity Live. Yeah. Speaking of feeling normal, Murph, the Phillies went 4-1 and one this week, three straight walk-off wins. That right there feels normal as a Phillies fan, right? I mean, we're getting back well, to the, like winning, to be the, the winning groove of things. <laughs> we're, we're at 500 now. We're back to that. Yeah. Um, real quick, Murph, at last we left you last week. Uh, you were going on a flight that afternoon. You were going out to Omaha, Omaha Nebraska. Uh, your son was swimming to qualify for this year's Olympics. Uh, please give me an update. We'd all like to know how he made out. And, uh, you know, they, uh, proud papa right here for yeah, sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. He did great. He made the finals in, uh, in his uh, heat. Uh, he was in the A finals on Monday night of the 200 breaststroke. Uh, didn't win that. Needed to win that to keep on going. So, uh, but it was a great ride, and and yeah, certainly a lot of fun watching him out there uh, swimming with the big boys. So. We'll see him again in three years. Here's hoping. That's the plan. Awesome. Yeah. Sounds great, yeah. man. Well, congratulations to him, Thank man. You. Just to be in that position is just awesome. And uh, very proud for him and, and for you as well and your whole family. Thank you. Uh, this first segment is brought to you by MCS Residential and Custom Cabinetry. For all your residential contracting needs, this is who you want to talk to. Everything from additions 
renovations, kitchens, baths, closet organization, cabinetry, vanities, basements, everything you need. Mention the Green Legion for your next order and get 10% off, regardless of how much. Reach out to them at www.mcsinc-pa.com or call them at 484-202-3656. That is www.mcsinc-pa.com or call them at 484-202-3656. Again, here at Bud Light Baseball Brunch, we are giving people, I know uh, the Green Legion, we've been giving out tickets to a lot of you that are here today and uh, we're giving people as well murph and i so back this week last week we tried giving away tickets uh, a different way but hey we're back to ticket trivia That's giveaway right. this week murph so why don't you go ahead and take it away all right so your chance to win two tickets for tuesday june 22nd's game against the washington nationals game time is 705 that night uh, we're going to give you some uh, trivia. You've got to answer. In order to win, you must answer in the comment section on the Green Legion Radio YouTube channel, the Green Legion Facebook page, or on our Twitter handle, at Green Legion. All right, so you ready to go? Here's the question. During the course of Chase Utley's career, he amassed 1,885 hits. His first career hit was a grand slam off of the Colorado Rockies starter Aaron Cook back on April 24, 2003. If you're a Phillies fan, you'll remember that. We want to know who were the three runners on base when Utley hit that grand slam. That is tough. That is a tough goal. We're going to make you work it, Google. Yes. And work make, it. Make sure you have all three in the same line That's answer, right. okay? And so, yes, we're going to make it difficult on you for sure. Uh, so that will announce the winner and the trivia answer as we come back in from our second segment. And speaking of the second segment, hopefully you guys are all tuned in because we have former Phillies player, and general manager and assistant general manager joining us, Ruben Amaro Jr., yep. current broadcaster and in-studio analysis over there at NBC Sports Philadelphia. Ruben will be joining us as well uh, to talk a little bit about the present-day Phillies. I'm going to try and avoid talking to him about Roy Holiday and Cliff Lee and why we had to trade away Cliff Lee <laughs> after we acquired Roy Holiday. I'm going to try and be nice today, Murph. Uh, he's nice enough to join us. That's, yeah, I think that's a good idea. Now, you know what? He's probably been asked that question 10,000 times. I want to make life. it 10,001. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, hey, real quick, uh, speaking of the ticket giveaway that we had last week, congratulations to Marcus Lorenz for winning last week's tickets for today's game. Um, being that we had, you know, last week we didn't really get to give away the tickets on air. So I wanted to do something. I still want to stick with the context of what we were doing. Name Sack's top five favorite Phillies of his lifetime. Right. Now, remember, I was born in 1986. So... Name his top five, and my wife had to go ahead and put it on Facebook and spoil it for everybody. So I, I, I was like, you know what? Listen, it's Father's Day Appreciation Day. Mm -hmm. I'm a father of two young boys. I want to give these tickets away to a father. So I gave them away to Marcus and his daughter, Riley. He's going to bring her to the game today, being that Father's Day is next Sunday, and the Phillies will be in San Francisco. So congratulations to Marcus. And speaking of my top five favorite Phillies, we did not get to announce this last week. Yeah, you're going to go backwards, number five? I'm going to go backwards All from right. number five. So number five, Darren Dalton. That's my, a good one. My first favorite Phillies player. Uh, fell in love with the Phillies in the early 90s. You can't go wrong with Dutch. Number four, the Doc, Roy Holiday. I mean, I, I salivated over Roy Holiday from when he, when he was with the Blue Jays. And then when we got him, it was just uh, probably the best two years of Phillies pitching baseball I've ever seen in my whole entire life. Jimmy Rollins, number three. The last three aren't really that hard to understand. No. The big piece, number two, Ryan Howard. And Chase Utley, the man at number one. All so. Right. Without further ado now, we have to go out of the box. Yeah, let's We're going to talk about the week that was, Murph, and Phillies baseball. And as I said at the top, four in one week, three straight walk-offs, 
man, we could have been five and zero oh if the bullpen didn't blow it in the eighth inning on Tuesday night. But you know that is baseball, and we did have three walk offs right after that. Uh, the unusual Friday day off as well. Uh, but I sit here right now this Sunday morning, and I think the the best story from this week was Captain America Luke Williams. (laughs) It was a good one. I mean, you know, whenever you see a young guy come up and uh, make his major league debut, and I've had, over the years, had a chance to interview parents as their their kids, their sons are making their major league debuts, it's always a really kind of special moment for the family, for the player itself, and it's always made a little bit better if they get a base hit, make a good play in the field, score a run, something like that. Very, very few times are you going to get to see the story that we saw unfold uh, for Luke Williams in his first major league start to hit the walk-off home run. And it was a no doubt about it. I mean, when it left the bat, I knew it was gone right right away. And to see him, you know, float around the bases and, and you know, just contribute to a team that he just arrived to. And it's a moment he'll never forget. And I think it's a moment a lot of Phillies fans probably won't forget anytime soon it was it was really cool to watch we talked this we talked about this yesterday on uh, green legion radio's uh, program uh, from one to three on saturdays and uh, you know it was just in the moment right there i mean like you, you know it's a one nothing game the phillies offense was scuffling the last hit was a double that luke williams had hit earlier in the game um you know you have will smith on the mound i think the braves are 25 for 25 when leading after eight innings and you know will smith has given us fits over yeah. the years and 0-1 slider to Luke Williams. And, he, you know, this, this kid had no home runs in the minor leagues this right. year. Um, you know, he's coming off of a week last week where uh, he was qualifying Team USA for the Olympics in Tokyo. And he had, he had a heck of a week. 8 for 18, a double, a triple, a home run, six RBIs in four games. And he comes here. His first game was on Tuesday. And then Wednesday night, he goes out there with the game on the line. And when he was rounding first base and you saw the look on his face, it was like he was floating yeah, around the bases. Was. And, you know, his teammates' reactions, like I, I took a, like, you know, the camera guy for the Phillies took the still shot and I just kind of stole it. But it's just wonderful to see, like, as he's coming to the plate and then he jumps and they're all squirting the water on him. And then he's getting the interview done with Tom McCarthy and yeah. Ben Davis after the game. And they're dumping water and Powerade and everything on top of him. And his they, they almost on the field. Water, they waterboarded him. Oh, my God, happened. man. I mean, my just, Lord. It was it was incredible just to see that and you know my wife wasn't blowing up my spot but then there was some there were some uh, there were some tears there you know like that was a, that was a special moment for for being a dad and and not knowing how that feels my kids are young um, but you know you just had a special moment like that this week with your son it just it kind of just brings you home to seeing the reaction that that his family had and yeah. that he had trying not to trying not to cry talk about his family yeah you know i and i was talking with his uh, dad uh, the next day uh, up in you know they were up in the broadcast area because they were going to go on television uh, later that day they were on the radio pregame show and i was and we were just talking and you know what w- you have to stop and realize that when something happens like that uh, you know, it's a family accomplishment because, you know, so much is given to these guys as they come through the system. Uh, families have to sacrifice. They're traveling on their own dime. They're, they're going out to showcases to see if they can get the kids drafted. You know, a lot goes into it. And, you know, in a family like that, uh, they have a couple of athletes as kids. Their, yeah. their daughter's an yeah, All-American right. softball player. But, you know, there's... It's, it's an accomplishment for the entire family. Sure, Luke is the one on the field getting it done, but uh, you could see the younger brother who was so excited to see his older brother out there. Oh, uh, yeah, the camera. Yeah, that was, was fantastic was work by stuff. the camera crew. Yeah, it I was mean, good. You, you know, you being on TV for all those years, and you know, you know those guys uh, that are doing that job, and that was just perfect timing by everybody. The producer, the director, Tom McCarthy, Ben yeah. Davis. Ben Davis called the shot. 
Yeah. He said there. He's like, well, man, you know it's in his head. You know it crossed his mind. <laughs> and you know, it was just a, it was a complete special moment. Uh, you know, I, I, I hearken to say that it might be the most special moment that the Phillies have had. Now, last year was a sixty-game shortened season with a pandemic. The most special moment the Phillies have had since Bryce Harper's Grand Slam yeah, against I, the Cubs. I think that's fair. That's the one that jumped into my mind to you know as the next one uh, in line. So, and look, you know. Not, I'm not saying it's going to turn around the season. I'm not saying it's going to be the be-all and end-all. But looks, looks like it they may. haven't lost since. They haven't lost since. <laughs> so, and you know what? I think the one thing that we can take away from this week is that even in the loss, I mean, well, not, not necessarily in the loss, but we're starting to see this offense not be one and done, score two innings in, in, or two runs in an inning and then be done, shut down. We're seeing them tack on runs. We're seeing them add. You know, yesterday was a prime example. They score four in the first, but they, you know, needed three more just to get that into into extra innings, and then they're able to win it in extra innings. The offense, to me, is starting to click. I mean, it's pretty easy when you get Bryce Harper and JT Real Muto back in the lineup. It, it helps, and and Bryce has been is struggling, but his presence, his, yeah, what he does to that lineup, and he and he lengthens that lineup, and he makes the other manager have to make decisions that he might not have to make if Bryce isn't in there. And then, you know, yesterday, Bryce got a couple of hits. So maybe he's starting to break out of it. JT's starting to look like uh, his old self again. You know, we're still waiting to get Didi back in the middle. But yeah, I know he's in AAA. He's, yeah. he's down in AAA mm-hmm. right now. I think today is supposed to be his last game of, of that assignment. Are we going to expect to see him on this road trip against L.A. and San Francisco? I think uh, we, you know, that remains to be seen. You know, uh, if he's 100%, they're not going to rush him. Because uh, the way Didi, you know, the way his body processes inflammation unfortunately with the kidney issues that he has um it's it's a challenge when when he has an injury like this they to get that swelling down and to get it completely out and pain-free so it takes a while and the last thing they want to do is rush him back and then have him back on the dl so i i don't know you, you know we'll see what he does uh finishing up in triple a if he comes out of it feeling 100 percent, then yes i think we'll see him on the roster uh headed out to the west coast but uh if there's any doubt, I think they'll hold him back. Ronald Torres has been uh, really good yeah. filling in. Yes, I mean, he he's been really good. Now, I don't know that you can expect him to continue it for the rest of the season as a starter. But, man, oh, man, that's exactly what you need, a, a guy that's a, a gamer that's going out there and filling that role uh, while your big guy gets healthy. So, you know, we're going to see Didi soon enough. Uh, I'm not sure if we'll see him this week. Okay. Remains to be seen. So. All right. And then another great thing that continues to happen this year is the emergence of of the true staff ace, Zach Wheeler. Yeah, it's I hard mean, to argue. Yeah. I mean, unbelievable numbers on Thursday. Eight innings pitched, four hits allowed, no walks, 12 more strikeouts, lowered his ERA to 2.29. He is right now, hands down, the all-star representative for this Phillies team. And I, I think the guy who's had the walk-offs the last two games, I, I, I saw the stat the other day, he's top two yeah. in batting average, slugging percentage, and on-base percentage in National League second base. For naturally second baseman for Gene Segura, yep. but but Zach Wheeler has truly been special. Today is the day that we need Aaron Nola to step up. We need this. This is not a rubber match today, Murph. As, no, it's not. Like like we've previously had on Sundays. This right here, we need to take this two game set because this stretch that we have over the next week, three in three with the Dodgers in Los Angeles and three in San Francisco, which has always been a house of horrors for the Phillies. We need to get this game today, and Aaron Nola has to be the stopper for that. But talk about Wheeler real fast. Yeah, no, I, and I agree exactly with what uh, you just said. Uh, Zach Wheeler's been 
Uh, he, he's been absolutely outstanding. What a bargain. Yeah, if not for Jacob deGrom, you're talking about him in the conversation for a Cy Young in the National League this year. And you know what? Hey, there's a lot, a lot of seasons still to play, so maybe he's able to. And, and deGrom the can't seem, seem to stay healthy yeah, right now. So, so it'll be interesting. And, and, and on a side note, I hope, I really hope that deGrom does stay healthy. I agree. Because no, what I... we're watching right now is remarkable. Yes. <laughs> uh, one of the great all-time players, Jacob deGrom, and what he's been able to do. But that said... His spin rate hasn't gone down. No. Like, like other pitchers. No, no, it has not. Like, and I think that's worth noting. Like that uh, Garrett Cole. Sure. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a couple that, that they have. But but getting back to your point, yeah, Aaron Nola, yeah, this is a big start for Nola. I think one of the most distressing uh, statistics that I've seen over the last couple of days in regards to Aaron Nola is that the Phillies, the team itself, it's just two and six in his last eight starts. That that has to change. They need Aranola to be a top of the rotation guy. And again, we talk. We use the word ace, and we use the word number one. To me, there's a huge difference. There's a number one starter, and then there's aces. There are very few aces in baseball. Zach Wheeler is putting himself into that conversation. He may he may have put himself solidly in that conversation at this point. But we still need. We still need Aaron Nola to be a top of the rotation kind of guy. Absolutely, he has. We've seen him do it before. He has the talent to do it. For whatever reason, his command has been suspect over the last couple of weeks. Hopefully, you know, in his side sessions, he's working through that. He's working with Caleb Cawthon, the uh, pitching coach, and they're trying to figure out mechanically what is going on with Aaron Nola because he needs to get it back. To his credit. Even when he doesn't have great command, he's still able to battle five, six innings and keep his team in the game. But they need more from him. They need him to be that shutdown guy. And if he can get back to doing that and you put Wheeler alongside of him and then you have Eflin and Velasquez doing what they're doing, you know, this team is – and if the offense can start to, to really click like we've seen – this team's going to win a lot more games than they have in the first part of this season. Right. They really are. Yeah. It's what we thought we were going to see. And they're lucky that they're hanging out right where they are, four games back in the NL East with the way they played. But it looks like it's starting to turn just a little bit. Okay. Real quick, too. Uh, nobody has answered the trivia question correctly yet, um, according to Sam. So, rem- reminder to you guys. We're looking to give away these two tickets for the June 22nd game. It's when they come back from the road trip against the Washington Nationals. Make sure you guys get on to one of our social media feeds and answer the question. Google can be your friend. I'm not sitting here judging it. Can we, so. give, can we give a hint? Can I give a hint out there? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, we're looking for the no hints i'm no you be quiet quickly <laughs> i'm giving hints we're looking for three the three players that were on base when chase utley hit that first grand slam his first hit in the big leagues uh here's my hit uh uh catcher for the phils long time catcher for long the phils. time All long right. time uh, the last guy to hit for the cycle for the Phils was, was on base. Why must you do this to me? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I see you over there. Yeah, okay, yeah. And, and these guys are going to give me a hard time for that. And, yeah, that. And, and then, uh, well, just simply one of the all-time great players that played for a uh, period of time. And a great gentleman as and well. A, there you go. So so there's your hints. That, that probably made it pretty easy. Maybe. So we're going to so. get some answers. Absolutely. So right. why don't we give ourselves a little bit of time here? I'm going to hit my live read, and then we're going to go to break. That way we have a little bit of time leading in to our interview again with F- former Phillies manager, general manager, Ruben Amaro Jr., 
The Green Legion want to spend the weekend at Caesars Palace when the Eagles play the Raiders. Want to spend an awesome weekend in Lodo and Denver, Colorado. Want to spend a weekend in Arlington going to Six Flags over Texas and Hurricane Harbor Water Park and headquarters at Texas Live. Sister property to our friends here at Xfinity Live. Travel with the Green Legion for all Eagles road trips. Go to GreenLegion.com or contact the office at 215-666-5940. That is GreenLegion.com or 215-666-5940. Here's Quimby's personal phone number as well. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we'll be right back after these messages right here on Bud Light Baseball Brunch, courtesy of Green Legion Radio on 102.5 Fox Sports The Gambler. We'll be right back right after this. The chance to do some damage here. Bases loaded, two outs. Long drive, could it be? It is out of here. Grand slam home run, Chase Utley. You know, we always like to do wow. an homage to Harry Callis yep. here on Bud Light Baseball Brunch, brought to you by Green Legion Radio. Uh, we are back here live, and the winner of the tickets, from what I can see here, is Zach Beck. Zach is over there. He's wearing a Hollis Tank Thomas shirt. I'm a man, and I win, and he won today. <laughs> Two tickets, 705 for the Phillies Nationals game on June 22nd. Congratulations, Zach. I'll make sure. Uh, he is an employee of mine, so I'll make sure he gets those tickets for sure. Uh, but the answer for the trivia question was Jim Tomey, yep. Mike Lieberthal, and David Bell, who are three people that have never been in my kitchen, and also the three guys that were on base when Chase Utley hit his first grand slam. Nor did I invite them to the Murphs uh, <laughs> Memorial Day barbecue. No, no they were them. not on the list. They, they should have been. That would have been a good time. All right, just a reminder: the next sip, it's a small plastic drink pouch that frees your hands while you keep your beverage in the ready position. N E C K next sip. Time to free up those hands and wear your drink every time. It holds any beverage, even bottles, caps, cans, and snacks. Text with both hands and drink at the same time. Visit nextsip.com and follow them at nextsip. And that's what we're talking about. You wearing? I see some people wearing the next Absolutely, sip out here. Yes, they are breaking I them out it. for sure. All right. Well, we are really excited to welcome in our next guest here on Bud Light Baseball Brunch. He is the former general manager of the Philadelphia Phillies, current broadcaster for NBC Sports Philadelphia, and a good friend as well. We welcome in Ruben Amaro Jr. to the program. Ruben, thanks for being with us. Hi, guys. Great to be with you. How you doing? We're doing great. And, uh, Ruben, let's start here because uh, I know you, much like me, uh, were kind of taking in the scene yesterday at Citizens Bank Park. We're over here uh, at Xfinity Live. We've got a great crowd uh, building here and a lot of excitement as uh, the Yankees again in town. How great was it to see what we saw at the ballpark yesterday? Results aside, how great was it just to see the 38,000-plus out there? Bring, bring, bring back a whole ton of memories, Murph. I mean, it's one of those things that uh, you get really excited about when you see these fans uh, enjoying themselves, whether it's, you know, if, whether it's New York fans or Philly fans. Um, it's one of those things that, uh, that you just have to get excited about, and, and the energy was just yeah. absolutely spectacular. I was loving every moment of it. Ruben, uh, thank you for joining us. This is Chris, by the way. Uh, thank you again for uh, coming on Bud Light Baseball Brunch. Today's starter uh, for the Phillies, Aaron Nola, he's been struggling ever since he had that complete game shutout against St. Louis back at the end of April. Uh, can you dive a little bit into what is going on with Aaron and you know, some of his issues on the mound uh, with the fact that his ERA is approaching five since that point? Uh, can you dive into that a little bit for us? 
Yeah, I think one of the biggest things for Aaron right now is that I just don't see him with the life on his breaking ball and his fastball sinker, whatever you want to call it, uh, that combination. I just don't see the life and the finish at the end of his pitches. And I'm concerned a little bit about just his overall health just because I don't see him pitching the way he has pitched in the past, obviously, when he was much more effective than the hitters will let you know. Obviously, the the life in the zone is a concern for me, and hopefully he can bounce back and, and – uh, but I do have a little bit of concern about his overall health and how um, how healthy he is because I just don't see the zip on his on his stuff overall. You know, Ruben, it, it's interesting because obviously a lot of focus in on Aaron and how important he is to this rotation. We were just talking about how the you know the depth of this rotation with Aaron and Zach at the top when they're at their best is uh, is as good as it gets. Um, you know, when he's working in these side sessions, he's trying to kind of figure some things out. I was talking to Larry Anderson about it the other day. What can a pitcher do, do you think, in these side sessions? I know they're working on mechanics. They're working on, uh, you know, just, A, trying to stay healthy and, and, you know, get dialed back in. But what do you think he and Caleb are working on in these side sessions to try and get him back to early season form? Yeah, I think all he can do is, like, really um, just continue to work on the mechanics to try to get himself to be more consistent with his mechanics overall, you know. He, uh, he's he been struggling, uh, obviously, not being able to throw his pitches at the right, you know, in the right spaces. And like I said, you know, there's the hitters are just telling him, basically, that, that his stuff is just not there. I think he's just going to have to be much more... Uh, have much better command of his stuff. In other words, to, uh, because of the stuff is just not there, he just has a better command overall in order for him to be able to have effectiveness against especially a team like the, uh, like the Yankees, a veteran ball club who can really yeah. swing the bat well. Yeah. Yeah, Ruben Amaro Jr. joining us here on Bud Light Baseball Brunch uh, as we are broadcasting live at 1100 Social in South Philadelphia. Rube, um, right now, Reese Hoskins, we know he's a streaky hitter. Uh, right now, he's mired in an 0 for 22 slump. And uh, I always say that Reese is at his best when he's hitting the ball the other way. It, it seems like he's getting back into the groove of where he's trying to pull everything. Is is that your assessment of, of his swing right now as well? Yeah, I think you're dead on because, I, you know, when he has his success, as you said, he's using the entire field. He gets very pull-happy when he gets into those situations, especially when he's got RBI situations. You know, he had a couple of very difficult at bat uh, yesterday where uh, situationally, if he's looking the other way, if he's trying to drive the ball the other way, then he's going to have a more success. And yeah. you've seen it. I mean, we saw it at the end of the year last year um, and actually the early part of this year when he was utilizing the entire field. I think when he tried to get out of slumps, he tried to do it with home runs. And that's just the – it's almost like you want to do a little less and do more. And, uh, and he certainly seems like he's trying to do a little bit too much more. Well, I guess, you know, the good news uh, this week as we look back at uh, the week that was and three straight walk-off wins, Phil's looking for four in a row today, Ruben, is the offense does seem like it's starting to come together a little bit. I mean, obviously it helps to have Bryce back in the middle of the lineup, whether he's hitting or not. Uh, JT back in the lineup hitting as well. I, I think the move for Andrew McCutcheon sliding down in the lineup has been a good one. Uh, we're seeing some life at the top of the lineup uh, with uh, Odubel and uh, Gene Segura. But... Uh, I think there's more in this offense. Would you agree that uh, we still have not seen the best of this bunch just yet? I totally agree with you. Obviously, we don't have Didi Gregorius as part of that uh, equation, um, and, and he's a big part of that. But that said, I mean, 
Listen, Segura's done a very nice job at the top part of the lineup. Um, you know, JT, Rio Muto is still getting kind of his sea legs underneath him after losing a lot of time. But uh, but I think you're right. And, and Bryce Harper, I think, was a good sign yesterday. He's utilizing yeah. uh, the other way and using the middle of the field much better. I think all those things are positive. And I think you're right. I mean, I think there's more offense there. I was uh, a little concerned because I didn't see those adjustments being made. But now you start seeing some of that. Uh, right. slowly happening, and, it, you know, as long as it happens sometime, <laughs> you know, it, it has to roll around. <laughs> Sooner rather than later, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If it doesn't, um, they're going to be in trouble because they just can't rely on their defense and their pitching all the time. they got to swing the bat. Ruben Amaro Jr. here with us live again on uh, Bud Light Baseball Brunch. Ruben, uh, I think when we uh, first started talking about doing the show, Murph and I, um, I, I knew that he was going to be the positive one and I was going to have to take on the negative context <laughs> of things. So I hate to still hearken on you know, the negative uh, here, although we come off a four-on-one week and three straight walk-offs. But the bullpen, the back end of the bullpen, the guys that we're relying on, um, they're, they're holding us back. Um, I, I believe I saw a stat the other day that the eighth inning ERA for this bullpen this year is worse than it was last Last year, um, Alvarado is his his walk rate is is horrific, uh, and Hector Neris yesterday leading to that three run shot to tie the game with Lemayhu. He walked the first two batter he worked the first two batters after getting the leadoff runner on uh, the leadoff runner out. Um, what's your assessment now on you know guys like Alvarado and Hector Neris? What can we do to get them right? What's wrong with them right now? Yeah, I think it's really a confidence issue for both of those guys. And I know Hector Neris, he bounces back very, very quickly from, uh, from most of his down, uh, you know, some of his uh, down games. But, uh, you know, frankly, I, my concern has been always the same. I love Hector Neris. I just don't think he's the guy that can make the last pitch of, uh, when you really need it and, um, and, and to, to be a contending team. I think that there may be better options. There may not be. I think there might be better options somewhere else. Um, as far as closing the game out. My concern, um, obviously, is the depth. But what has happened is with Ranger Suarez bouncing back and pitching the way he's pitching, you see that he's pitching in the eighth yesterday in a very crucial game. He's going to get more opportunities to do that. He's more reliable a strike thrower than Alvarado is. And I think Alvarado is going to be relegated to a situation where he may not be in those plus situations. And uh, until he gets his confidence back, then you're going to see him probably pitch in less low, more low leverage situations, and you can see Ranger Suarez pitching in more high level leverage uh, situations. The good thing that another good thing that we saw yesterday was that Archie Bradley stuff is uh, yes. seemingly coming back. He finally has getting, gotten to the point where he's throwing in the 90, you know, mid 90s to the low 90s. He's sharper with his breaking ball. There are things that are happening with him finally after battling some serious injuries. For him to get back and start being Archie Bradley, and that's going to be a big boost to him as well. It is a concern, there's no question. I think the ninth is still a concern. I don't know that they have that guy on their roster who you can rely on, but uh, but somebody's going to have to step up because if they don't, then it's going to be a struggle. Yeah, no doubt about it. We saw that last year uh, time and time again. Uh, all right, Ruben, before we let you go, uh, real quick, talk a little bit about uh, what walk-off wins can do to help kind of galvanize the team. We've seen three in a row. It hasn't happened uh, for quite some time in the Phil's organization. But, uh, you know, teams can build off that. We started the show by saying you sit right now four games out in the NL East, and uh, I feel like the, the team should feel relatively lucky that they are in the position they are in still very much in it as we uh, head through uh, the middle of june but uh, these kinds of wins really you can build off them can you not i totally agree with you murph um and, and they are lucky i mean no one's really stepped forward now the mets are starting to play a little bit better they still don't have yep. all their the whole arsenal back 
that's going to be a concern because they're playing better baseball overall. I think one of the concerns um, that, that, that I've always had is uh, finding an identity with this team. Does this team have an identity? What? Who's going to lead this team? Who's going to move the team forward? And um, what you're seeing now, and this is going to be a boost of confidence for all, and that there's several different guys who are actually adding and coming through in certain situations. Segura, obviously, the last couple of nights, but um, but you have other guys stepping forward. And as, as long as you have somebody stepping forward every day, and you know that those guys will not give up on a daily basis and still stay in the game even if they're down at certain times, um, then they're starting to create an identity for themselves as a team that will not quit. And if that happens, I think that's going to bode well for them uh, as they get closer and closer to the real important games in September. Hey, Ruben, real quick before we let you go, um, the owner of the Green Legion and the host of Green Legion Radio, Craig, Craig Quimby-Chanosky. Quimby has a question for you real quick. It's actually not a question, okay. Ruben. I, I just wanted to say... You know, there was a lot of uh, a scrutiny in the, in the late 2000s and early 2010 uh, with the Phillies not winning another title. But I wanted to say thank you, man, because those were the golden years of Phillies baseball, and you were responsible for that. I, in, in all fairness, just wanted to get that out because I don't think it's said enough, and seriously appreciate you for that. Well, I appreciate that, Craig, but, it, you know, it, it takes a village, and, you know, there's a lot of people involved, and Ted Wade and Pat Gillick and all the people that worked with me uh, during that time and before that time to kind of create that uh, atmosphere and, and that, those golden years. But I'm very proud of the things that we did. I know that we didn't win another World Series, but that's not the easiest thing to do in the world, and I was real proud of the, of the clubs we put together, and uh, hopefully we can get back to that era again. All Appreciate right. you, Ruben. I, first of all, I love a warm and fuzzy Quimby over here. Yeah, okay. seriously. Yeah, shut up, Murph. We need more of that. <laughs> uh, Ruben, thank you so much for being with us here uh, on the Bud Light Baseball Brunch. We appreciate talking to you, and I would imagine I'll see you in about uh, 25 minutes over there at the ballpark. Yeah, thanks so much, Murph. Sorry about the background noise. I'm walking into the ballpark getting ready for the broadcast. I love it. So <laughs> it adds to it. It adds to it. Nothing wrong with that. Ruben Amaro Jr. joining us thank here on you, Bud Light Ruben. Brunch. We'll talk to you soon, Ruben. Thank you, and... Uh, you know, I thought it was interesting what he was saying right there at the end about having to, uh, you know, find that identity because he's right. This team has not figured that out yet. I mean, and most teams that are playing 500 baseball haven't figured it out right, yet. Right. But maybe, just maybe, and again, it's going to take weeks to know whether or not this particular week and what's happened has started to uh, to define this team. But if they become a team that uh, feels like they never can are never out of a game. You know, like the 08 team was, like the 93 team was. I mean, obviously, those those kinds of attitudes in a clubhouse can go a long way in helping a team win some ball games that they would have lost previously. I so. agree. I think that's a tone that you need to set um, on that end with the offensive things because that's what that's what keeps the fans in the in the stands. That's what keeps them you know around towards the end of the game because very easily. Fans can leave the game. Sure. You know, I'm not one of them that likes the, that that leaves the game uh, early. But you know, you do see a lot of that, and it, it can take away from the energy at the end. Those those teams during those runs, you did not want to leave at all, no, because you never knew what could happen. Yeah, and uh, it was truly special for sure. Uh, real quick, uh, real quick, Murph, that I have a que- uh, question for you here. He he um, he got on about Ranger Suarez a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, Ranger Suarez has pitched really well. I know he gave up a run yesterday out of the bullpen. Um, is there a point here coming up that we're going to see Ranger Suarez in the rotation to take over for Spencer Howard so he can go back to the minor leagues and extend himself? Because right now, 
doing two or three innings is not helping out anybody. It's not helping out Spencer Howard. It's not helping out this ball club. Uh, we, we need more length out of our, of our number five starter, and we're not yeah. getting it right now. Yeah, you know, it's an interesting question, and I'm sure it's being talked about at the upper levels of the Phil's front office. But how about this scenario? You know, what we've seen from Spencer Howard is two really good innings, and then he kind of loses his velocity and, and is uh, less effective after that. Oh, but he ran down the first base, Murph. <laughs> well, but so – but. You know, whatever the reason might be, but if you flip-flop Ranger and, and uh, Spencer Howard, and, and Spencer becomes a starter, left-hander, in your rotation, which the Phillies don't have right now. You mean Suarez. Yeah, did I, yeah I'm you sorry. Spencer. It's okay. Yeah. Ranger Suarez becomes the starter in that one, and maybe Spencer is the guy that, that is piggybacking off of him and giving you two strong innings after a solid five or six from Ranger Suarez. Maybe that's the way they kind of piecemeal it through the season. You're dead right. They need Spencer Howard to get stretched out and be ready to go as a starting pitcher in this rotation. I'm just not sure it's going to happen. It can happen fast enough this year because they need they need guys. They need Spencer Howard up here at least contributing at some level. I would not be surprised if we saw that scenario where, where Ranger continues to build himself up and can go five and six innings. And then you see Spencer Howard kind of piggybacking uh, off of him. And and if he comes in and pitches two strong innings, well, hey, then you've got something for this year. Not long-term, but for this year, I think it might work. I agree. Cherry Hill Triplex is the premier New Jersey Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Kia, Mitsubishi, and Ram dealer serving South Jersey and all of the Delaware Valley. They have a huge selection of new and used vehicles for which to choose. Cherry Hill Triplex online and offline. Customers enjoy vehicle specials every day. We offer Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Kia, Mitsubishi, and Ram service and parts and online inventory and outstanding financing options, making Cherry Hill Triplex the preferred dealer serving the entire Delaware Valley. Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Kia, Mitsubishi, and Ram buyers, get ready and set up a test drive. Visit us in Cherry Hill, New Jersey today. We're Bud Light Baseball Brunch live on Fox Sports The Gambler 102.5. We'll be right back right after this. Retail store in the tri-state area. Visit www.buckscountybaseballco.com. Or stop by their Bristol, PA location. Items from the Phillies, Eagles, Sixers, Flyers, and so much more. Again, visit www.buckscountybaseballco.com or stop by their Bristol, PA location. The showroom is huge and the website is even bigger. Bucks County Baseball Company, the name in Philly for vintage sports. All right. Welcome back to Bud Light Baseball Brunch on a beautiful Sunday down here at the Sports Complex. Love we're, it. We're probably expecting another 38, probably 40,000 fans there yep. today. Can we get a sellout? I mean, that'd be awesome. It, it, for sure. It's going to be close. Be great. It's be close. I'm Chris Sack alongside Phillies broadcaster Greg Murphy. We're taking you home here as we're leading you in to Phillies Yankees this afternoon. And uh, right now we're going to dive into our FanDuel sports picks. And uh, Jansen, I know you got you got some music to play from Murph and I because last week we were red hot. Not just because we weren't covered up and we were getting sunburned on the back of our neck. Our picks were red hot, baby. Murph was 2-1. That's right. Two, two and one. That's good. The Cubs let me. Yeah, it's, it was yeah, good. Yeah, I, I know actually, where you're going. You would have been 3-0 and oh if you would have listened to me. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe I'll listen I to you this week. I told you to go the other way, but hey, who am I? I I'm just a guy that went 3-0 and oh last week. So, uh, <laughs> you know, you guys, and for the season series, the sack attack is taking the season series lead with that 3-0. and oh. 15 and 14. I'm above 500, baby. And Murph is sitting pretty at 14, 14 and 1. 14, 14 and 1, which means I'm giving money back to the house, so I need to go on a little bit of a, a winning streak. This is a big swing. I've decided right here, to Murph. stop drinking before I do my picks. How's that? <laughs> All right. Sounds All right. great. So we've got three picks each. But let, right me, here. let me just finish this one real quick. <laughs> 
All right, Murph, give me your first pick this week. All right, so uh, we both uh, looked at this game. The Padres and the Mets uh, happening up there at City Field. Uh, the New York Mets playing some really good baseball right now as they kind of battle their way through injuries, but they're able, they've been able to kind of hold on and keep it together. They're four games up in the NL East. I like this game, uh, and my original thought was the Padres are going to pull one out right they're okay. gonna they're gonna yeah yeah so but then i thought uh you know well maybe i'll go with the with the mets so i hear you're going with the padres in this game i'm going with the padres all right so here's what i'm doing i'm going with the mets to win it they're gonna sweep the padres it wasn't my original gut and if i lose and we ticked off but uh but all right so you do owe a switch i do because because I, I gave you i gave you one earlier in the season so i, I don't think we've gone head to head with a pick yet no i don't I think, think it's the have. first time well I, the fact that I have to sit now and kind of half root for the Mets is disgusting to me. I, I, I hate the Mets, but um, you might need to take a shower, Murph. I, well, maybe I'll do that. I'll, I'll shower up. But look, the Mets are playing good baseball. This could very well go in my favor. So you got the Padres. I've got the Mets. Yeah, I'm going to take the Padres. Chris Paddock on the hill. Uh, Mets have won three in a row. Padres loses a four in a row. Yet the Padres are favored in this game. So I'm going to take the Padres minus one thirty. Murph, give me your second pick. All right, so the Blue Jays and the Red Sox. This is a great series in the AL East uh, happening right now. Uh, two really good teams. Uh, the Blue Jays all over Nick Pavetta yesterday. Uh, <laughs> former Philly Nick Pavetta. Uh, Sorry, they, I can't uh, help but gave up uh, four home runs uh, last day. Just on a side note, Biggio Bichette. And Vlad Guerrero all homered in yesterday's That's game for awesome. the Blue Jays. Yeah. All uh, sons of former major leaguers. So I, I like this uh, in terms of the over. It's Robbie Ray versus uh, Martin Perez. And the over-under is 10, which is high. I think it goes over. I'm you're going can, above, above, above. Your can you believe it must be really good if you pulled that nugget out right there <laughs> during the course of our pick segment. That's right. All That's right. right. I'm going to go Indians minus 220 against the Mariners. And here's why. Earlier in the season, I picked the Indians at Seattle with Shane Bieber on the hill. Not Justin Bieber, Shane Bieber, to beat the Mariners. Well, today they're in Cleveland at home. Bieber fever is going to get revenge against the Mariners today. Minus 220. Add that to your ticket with the Cleveland Indians. All right. I like it. How about the Brewers and the Pirates? Good team versus bad team. Always uh, fun to pick this one. I, I needed a gimme. So the Brewers are minus 203, heavy favorites in this one. I am going to uh, tip my cap to the Brewers. Uh, you got Hauser on the mound for them. Will Crow on the mound for the Pirates. He's Hopefully you're not eating Crow today. Yeah, well, that would, be dis that would be disturbing. Will Crow has an ERA of 7.26. I think the Brewers light him up. I look for an easy walk-off, not a walk-off win, a walk-away win for the uh, Milwaukee Brewers today. Okay, sounds great. It feels like 3-0. I don't know. That, I think we say that every week, don't we? <laughs> yeah. The only I have done it twice. <laughs> only I. Only you. Yes, yeah. only me. All right, I'm going to go over 9.5 runs with Houston and Minnesota, plus 100. You have Valdez on the mound for Houston. He's got a 1.47 ERA. You have Michael Pineda pitching for the Twins with a 3.48 ERA. Why is this run line at 9.5? This should be about an 8. Yeah. About an 8. I'm expecting runs today in Minnesota. So I'm going to take the over 9.5 Houston, Minnesota. Add that to your ticket. If you want to make money, you bet with me. Yeah, you're one over 500. It's a basically breaking even. I'm just saying. I get Murph. Can you let me just you know just <laughs> no bask in my glow? No, here? I am a I am a selfish you know, selfish man. I could I could be like the I could be like the Pirates guy that hit a home run the other day against the Dodgers and and completely missed first base. Yeah, 
Man, there's some weird things happening. I, I saw someone tweet How out. How the hell do you miss first base? Yeah, well, the ongoing battle between the Pirates and first base. And themselves? Yeah, first base and themselves. <laughs> They've had a couple of Oh, instances. yeah, the Javier oh, Baez. Oh, my Lord. Did you, like, see, did you see the other gaff that they had? You can have a blooper reel with the Pirates. Yeah. The, the one that was... <laughs> yeah, that's why I love right my Brewers. My right Brewers pick is a lock. <laughs> oh, my God, I'm going down in flames. I can oh, feel God. So. Without further ado, can you believe it? Best sounder that we offer here at Bud Light Baseball Brunch, and I love it every single week. Two things each that we found interesting from this past week around the league in Major League Baseball. Murph, give me your first one. All right, this one's coming uh, from uh, Scott Lauber of the Philadelphia Inquiry. He tweeted this out earlier this week. It's an awesome stat about Zach Wheeler. Zach Wheeler is the only Phillies pitcher since 1891. Yeah, let me say wow. that again. 1891 to have at least two starts in a season with 10 or more strikeouts and no walks and runs allowed. That according to Elias and uh, Scott Lauber. How about that? Hey, wow. We're talking about 120, 30 years since yeah. that happened? I think Quimby was born in 1891. Yeah, right around there. Yep. Oh, I'm sorry, I owed him that, Chad. Actually, he's all the way on the other side of the patio, so I don't have to worry about it today. <laughs> I know we probably we, we, we do this all the time, but this guy is truly unbelievable as a starting pitcher. Are you going to Jacob DeGrom? I got to do okay. Jacob DeGrom because this, this is incredible. Okay, What's today's date? June 13th? Sure. June 13th. Okay, Jacob DeGrom has driven in more runs this year, five, than earned runs allowed. Four this season. Incredible. June 13th, which, by the way, is the uh, 12-year anniversary of when I caught two home run balls in one game <laughs> against the Red Sox. <laughs> Your memory is uh, outstanding. Thank you. Yeah. I what, appreciate it. What's that smell? <laughs> uh, I, think we know, I think we know what that smell <laughs> is. I just don't know where it's coming from. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, maybe. Uh, maybe. Starting to get the munchies. My out apologies, here. guys. I'll try and blow it the other way. <laughs> well, I don't Anyone see, deliver Doritos? I don't see anything in Hollis's hands. Yeah. Uh, Hollis isn't doing it. Okay. <laughs> Murph, give me your second one. All right, here is my second one. There's been a lot of talk around Major League Baseball about the uh, extra substances that pitchers are using. Uh, to, not that substance that not, we just not smelled. Not quite it. that. <laughs> Although they might use that too. I don't know. But uh, who am I to judge? Uh, but uh, you're, you know, putting stuff on their hands. Is it legal in Pennsylvania? <laughs> I couldn't tell you, to be honest. I could. I live in Jersey. Who do I know? All right, we're breaking down. We're All right. Breaking down. So the, the the issue of the substances on the hands for pitchers, it's become a thing. And, yeah, and Major League tech. Baseball has said we are cracking down, and it'll be interesting to see how it affects certain pitchers because, you know, you think certain pitchers. <coughs> Gerkel, uh, Gerkel. Certain pitchers. <coughs> Gerkel. Well, you know, Garrett Cole's become a poster boy. Trevor Bauer. Again, I, those are the two that we're going to point to. It's much like the steroid era. The best players also get, you know, the scrutiny of the, of the oh, steroid. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I would tell you that it's happening all over baseball. Yeah. It, it, it's happening all over baseball. And I'm glad they're going to crack that up. But here's the note. Uh, Boston's early season overachieving starting pitchers. We mentioned Nick Pavetta a little bit earlier. They've had a couple. How about this? Since the league has decided to crack down on the substances, their ERA is an 8.91 on wow. seven starts. And uh, if you look at spin rates and, and on all of that stuff and the advanced uh, metrics, there's a huge, drastic difference. And it's happening all over baseball. I'm just pointing out Dan Shaughnessy tweeted that out about the Red Sox. Um, certainly they're seeing an effect, and it'll be interesting to see who else 
kind of comes back down to earth a little bit. You know who I don't think needs to use the substances or spider tack or whatever you want Jacob to say? Jacob DeGrom? Clayton Kershaw. No, probably not. Clayton Kershaw. 36 games during the course of his career with nine-plus strikeouts and no walks. That's second most all-time in Major League Baseball history. The only one above him, the big unit, Randy Johnson with 41. Can I say this? Because I, I have said over the last two or three seasons, coming into each season, all right, well, this is the year that Clayton Kershaw will kind of slow down, and, and, and he has not. No. And I've also said, all right, this is the year that Max Scherzer will start to slow down. And he, he has, has not. not. And, and, you know, these guys that do it at that high level – time year in and year out it's really kind of remarkable you know it, it's just it's like you stop and think about what they're able to sustain excellence and you know tip your cap I, i'm not a nationals fan I'm, I'm i'm not a mets fan but when you see these guys doing what they're doing you really have to be impressed absolutely so we have a quick look ahead here we have a couple minutes left on the show today's finale with the new york yankees and the phillies hit the road for six six monday tuesday wednesday against the dodgers in la off day Thursday, and then we have three in San Francisco against the fight in Gabe Kaplers. Uh, this the is first a place, Gabe. Kaplers. Yes, the first place. The Phillies are eleven and nineteen this season on the road, and they go to Dod- they go and visit the Dodgers and the Giants, both of which two of the best home teams in baseball, top five overall records in all of Major League Baseball. Uh, this is a big week, Murph. What are we looking at here? Yeah, it is a big week. You know, we said it before we'll say it again and until it starts happening on a regular basis the Phillies need to figure out a way to win games on the road they 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 can't go on to every road trip and come back two and four three and five you you can't do that and have sustained success you can't do that and win divisions um so you know they're playing I would say decent baseball right now they're certainly not blowing the doors off anybody but they're playing better than they have played for a good part of this season they need to go out there take the momentum hopefully win today Take the momentum out west, and they need to. You need to come home three and three, if not better, on that series. They're two good teams, and and it's it's going to be tough. But if you're going to be there at the end, these are the road trips that you have to step up. You have to figure out a way to win. And you know what? The Giants aren't playing as quite as well as they were early in the season. Dodgers are still pretty formidable. Obviously, they've got a ton of talent, but. Uh, Look, I'll be happy with three and three, but bring back four and two. How great would that be? Yeah, let's let's start it with a happy flight to L.A. today after yeah. we beat the Yankees. Yeah, big game today. Big it really game. is. Aaron yeah. Nola, we need to get this win at home for sure. Thank you to everybody for tuning in and listening to us today, as well as our crowd Woo! down here. You guys have been awesome. Thank you to Ruben Amaro Jr. for joining the program today as well. Thank you to our staff here, John Jansen back in the studio. For Greg Murphy, I'm Chris Sack. This is Bud Light Baseball Brunch. And like a 3-1 pitch to Ryan Howard, we are out of here. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Let's go Phillies! KYW News Radio and Deborah Heart and Lung Center examine COVID's impact on the lungs and how Deborah's new post COVID recovery program is helping patients. Here's Rasa K. Deborah pulmonologist Dr. Andrew Martin says while pneumonia, bacterial, and viral come in all forms, a CAT scan of a COVID patient with lung involvement has a distinctive look. Viral pneumonias in general tended to be bilateral with streaky findings on x ray but symmetrical. But this one seems to have, it has patches of density here and there. But he believes recovering from COVID pneumonia can follow the same course as other types. I think if people started out with normal lung function and didn't get very, very severe disease, then I think that they, most of them are going to return to normal lung function. For more on Dr. Martin's work at Deborah's new post-COVID recovery program, go to DeborahHealthReport.com. New Jersey's only heart, lung, and vascular specialty hospital, Deborah Heart and Lung Center. When it's your heart, demand Deborah.